Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to yet another uh, episode of the Mayor on Air podcast. I, of course, am the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, and we are at Gateway Motorsports Park uh, this afternoon. This afternoon? This afternoon. Talking with a very special guest. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Mark Miles. Hello and welcome. Hinch, it's a pleasure to join you. Uh, I've been I've been told that you're a big fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Who in your office is lying to us? Yeah. So okay, yeah. so we we like to do this when we have guests on the show, and we've had I would say seven episodes. Thirty-seven episodes, a couple of repeats, but most most of the drivers in the IndyCar paddock have been on the show. Uh, we've had Jay Fry, we've had Brian Barnhart. From, uh, from kind of your side of the world. And we always like to ask our guests if they've ever listened to an episode of the show. Yeah. Well, would you like for them to be honest as they replied? I would always like honesty. <laughs> That's how we do it here. I can't say yes. I'm so sorry. I hear your stuff. I see a lot of your videos, but I, uh, including the most recent Red Bull Air Race video, <laughs> which I, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about. We'll get to that. But no, I honestly haven't. So now I guess I'm hooked and I'm obligated. Well, not surely not obligated, but hopefully, you know, you leave here wanting to. Um, and just so you know, that puts you in the 100% majority. And not a single <laughs> guest has listened to the. Even the guys that we've had back on the show, I don't think have listened to shows in between. Maybe Joseph listened to one or two. Well, I'll check it out for sure. Well, anyway, anyway, uh, very exciting. Let's, you know, normally we have three segments in the show. First one, we kind of like to talk into car racing. With you, I feel like we're going to have to do that in both, because we have, you know, I think a lot of different topics to talk about. First and foremost, we're here at a new venue. Um, from your side of things, tell us how the build-up to the to the Gateway Race has gone. Well, we couldn't be more pleased. I, um, Curtis Francois, who owns the track, is a St. Louis guy. He's really well uh, uh, integrated into the civic fabric here. And if, if there's anything we tried to impress upon him is that, um, take a little bit of the, the playbook from Indianapolis where we really try to engage the community and not run it as a racing event only, but really something that over time will matter more and more to, uh, to the people of St. Louis and be part of their, their social calendar. So I think he's done a phenomenal job in that regard. We were uh, in the city uh, uh, last night and, and saw a little bit of the cards game, saw the fan village and the show car there, and I think you were there. Lots of the drivers turned up, which is great. But they're just doing everything they can to to to, uh, to make it matter on that score. And then out here, I remember seeing this place first almost two years ago, and it's uh, there's been a lot of investment, a lot of care taken. They really have done everything anybody could have ever asked them to do and more to make the best possible first impression uh, for our return. So, and then somebody's connected to uh, to the big guy. Because this weather is ridiculous, right? <laughs> How often do we go to a race event and see uh, zero, 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 zero percent chance over four days of precipitation? It's been a while. I yeah. feel like it's been a while. Um, you know, we first came back here in October, last October, to do a test. Some issues with the track, cutting tires, things like that. We came back in April after some changes were made. Uh, more tires cut, more issues. People read about that, you know, they, they, they see that online. We see some of what's going on, you know, from inside the paddock when we're here at the test, but be honest, how much how much panic do you have from your position when we're, you know, three months out from the race and all of a sudden we kind of realize there's a surface we can't actually race on? We, we try to not let panic be part of our vocabulary. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, pulse, blood pressure. Um, again, you know, that was something that maybe everybody should have recognized and dealt with for earlier, but it really had hit everybody square in the forehead uh, just a few months ago. And for Curtis to step up and write 
you know, what is a real seven-figure check to do this without it being planned. It was planned for subsequently. This just says volumes about his commitment to doing this. He was not going to let any anything go uh, by the wayside that, that matters in terms of the, 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 the show coming back here. And, and really, he understands that, it, sure, it's the fans, but it's you guys. Mm-hmm. If you don't think this is a proper place for them to race, then uh, who, who should be expected to to see it differently, and uh, I'm really pleased that he's the kind of guy he is. No, I mean, I think we're, we're really lucky. I've done I've done a bunch of promotion here in town for, for the race and got to know Curtis very well, got to know Jonathan Bomarito and, and the Bomarito Automotive Group people very well, and when you have a track owner that's, that's this passionate about it and a title sponsor that believes in it this much, I mean, that's the recipe for success right there. So I think, I think we're building on a lot of good things. Uh, this obviously was the sole new venue for the 2017 Verizon IndyCar Series. Moving forward into 18 and beyond, anything we can uh, share with the loyal citizens of Hinchtown for potential uh, potential new venues? Yeah, I think we can be pretty open about that. By the way, I hope I get to come back because I'd like to look into the election laws governing your... Uh, <laughs> oh, we, I'm sorry. Breaking news. We have to go to a break real quick. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think fans probably know that they can expect pretty much the exact same calendar Phoenix is going uh, back to where it was when it first rejoined us a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks uh, different. Um, and then there's a little bit of a hole in August that we just kind of got through. And we do have a race um, in North America that's a possibility that we're working really hard on that would be terrific, I think, uh, for you, for the drivers, um, and for our fans if, if we can be uh, North American in more than just one instance. Uh, and in a fabulous facility in a, uh, in a country uh, adjacent to us that has a great um, racing and IndyCar history. So we're, we're down to a matter of a few weeks at most, I think, to figure that out. Um, everything seems to be in place. We're just trying to make sure all the I's are crossed and T's are dotted. So uh, if that happens, we'll have 18 races next year starting again um, with St. Pete and ending in Sonoma, but with one less hole in the calendar in August, which I think will, will, will be terrific. Uh, and we like that, right? It's, um, this will be kind of the third year of a lot of stability on the calendar, and it won't always be able to be quite that way. We, I think we've been fortunate, but um, we made a calendar and made agreements with our promoters that went through 18. This is the one place, because it came on late, that actually goes beyond 18, and otherwise we'll uh, We'll see what it looks like for 19, but we're happy with how things will roll out for next year. What's your ideal calendar? How many races? If you look five, yeah. ten years down the road, what's 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 enough? What's what's the most you'd want to do? Well, I think in North America, it's probably about 18. You know, the the, the season, we, the length of the season we've got to me seems about right. But you and I have talked about it. We've talked publicly that I still think there is an opportunity to start the calendar earlier, right after our Super Bowl. Um, and so basically think of it as February uh, until St. Pete, maybe a couple of truly international races, flyaway races, mm-hmm. uh, which would be interesting. I mean, we've already seen really helpful uh, implications or fall-on effects from Alonzo being an Indy. And I think to get out there and be in a couple markets that would appreciate us and start a little bit earlier has could pay a lot of dividends. So that would mean you know, really February through the middle of September. We've been working on that for a while, and there's there's interest. It's just trying to get one or two over the line, and hopefully that'll be possible for 19. Are there any other big North American markets that you want to hit? 
There are, for sure. I mean, any of your listeners could, could look at our map and say, well, you're not in the northwest, and you're not really in the southeast, and you're not really much in the northeast in the states. So um, there are certainly some markets we'd like to be in that will require, A, having great choices in any of those markets, and B, probably weaning a little bit from where we are today, which uh, uh, is, is something that uh, we would do with great carefulness if, if we get on that path. But we like where we are. Um, I think the series has a lot of momentum on and off the track, and uh, next year should promise us to be another great year. Excellent. All right, well, we, we've discussed 2018 calendar. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk 2018 car, because I know that's something a lot of people want to hear as much as possible about. But before we go to break, as a tradition on the Mayor on Air, we like the guest to choose a song that we throw to during our commercial break for our plus. Really? So sponsors. you can call up anything? You get anything you want, any song you want. All right, I'll start. Uh, given the gray hair with something old <laughs> and see if you can find Marvin Gaye okay. and it could be anything you want um, how about um, What's Going On What's Going On by Marvin Gaye from Mr. Mark Miles back for uh, back with more sorry with Mark right after this Series 214 XM 209 Talk to me. You 
Some Marvin Gaye, courtesy of uh, Mr. Mark Miles. Mark, uh, welcome again to uh, to the show. Thanks for being on. Uh, we discussed the calendar in the first segment, but we have another big change coming for 2018, and that's the new car. We've read the press releases and we've heard the quotes and all the rest of it, but come on, we want some insider information. How is it really going behind the scenes with the new car? Yeah, well, I, I keep asking that question of our technical guys, thinking, "Come on, nothing's got to be." Here, yeah, right? it never Let's goes go that on. smooth. But it. it all the feedback, you know, aesthetically is terrific, and mm-hmm. technically, from the tests that have been done, I mean, I've called Servia and, and Montoya and said, I-, I want the straight scoop, and they say it's good. So uh, there's just no negatives to report yet. I think time will tell, performance-wise, kind of what it does, like in the super speedways, and hopefully we don't lose anything uh, there. But it's exciting. Actually, sort of uh, pursuant to your question, I remember... If there's one thing I've learned in this job in the years that I've had it, it's and, and that, I imagine there's more than one, but <laughs> there might be more than one. It's that this is a sport where the the unintended consequences are amazing. Things that you you think just can't miss, something else happens, right? And so we think back to the introduction of the Aero Kits not very long ago. Mm-hmm. We were all stoked. We we knew that not all the teams were, and that there was some expense involved. But we really thought it was going to deliver some great attributes. And then we get to St. Pete, right? And there's debris everywhere. We can't clean it up quick enough. And it's like, how comes we didn't talk about this in advance? So we just had a meeting and I said, I know we're all stoked about the new car, but I'd like to hear a little discussion around what could go wrong. Right. And it's hard to drag it out of people. They're that positive. So hopefully that'll be true. It was a short discussion. Well, I tried to prolong it by saying it can't, it can't be that we can't think of contingencies we ought to be thinking through. And there, there are some, obviously. But, um, no, I, I'm uh, as optimistic as I know how to be. Yeah, it's a necessary part of the job, though, right? I mean, a, a good friend of mine is, is an astronaut for NASA, and he said that half of his life is spent in meetings trying to figure out how he can die. And so that they can yeah. come up with plans well, on how to prevent that and fix that and, you know, case X, you know, solution Y and all the rest of it. So it's, it's a big part of the planning process. It makes sense. I mean, when you put it in NASA terms, yeah, I'd think it'd be more than half the time yeah. you'd be thinking about that. <laughs> it's a long way home on your own. Uh, but for us, it's, um, you know, there's a few scenarios I really don't want to go into where you think, well, if that actually happened, we could do this or this. But it's really important. We're, we're finalizing, like this year, the kind of overall marketing theme is next. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of finalizing what that might look like for next year. And the car could have a conspicuous part of it. So we don't want to bet the farm and not have uh, uh, um, options if, if it doesn't go exactly as we see fit. But hopefully it will. So we've got some stability in the calendar. We've got a brand new car that everybody's very excited about. Should make the racing even better than it already is, which, my unbiased opinion, it's the best four-wheel product on the planet, but it's just me. Um, <coughs> as, but speaking of next, 
th things grow from there when you have that kind of stability and that kind of forward momentum things grow is there a next manufacturer maybe on the horizon is that something that we could be seeing in the not too distant future it's a constant uh, effort on our part I mean you can't make 20 calls a week but um, there isn't really a company that we haven't been in touch with and um, it's a little like finding the international races nobody says no well, yeah let's let's think about that there's a there's a lot uh, that, that could recommend that we got really close uh, a few months ago thought thought that one was going to get um, get done and then uh, it didn't so I don't know I try not to be overly optimistic about it but I think it would certainly add some some high quality things if we got a terrific a third OEM mostly you know options for teams and on a whole other promotional partner that has would have a good reason to to uh, sing the song of, of uh, Verizon IndyCar series so we keep working on it it won't be next. I mean, if something got announced or something got done, it'd be 19 at least. Right. Anyway, the, the the lead times are substantial, and we've worked with Cosworth and others to in that effort. And uh, if there's somebody out there, we'll find them. <laughs> Good to know. Now, another thing that a lot of the fans, of course, want to know: um, uh, another kind of next, another big transition potentially coming up is television. The existing contracts on the way out. Yeah. Uh, sooner rather than later. How are discussions going with you know the future of IndyCar in, in broadcasting terms? Yeah, I'm, it's it's I'm really bullish about our prospects. Um, you know, we have existing arrangements with ABC, which are actually managed by ESPN, and with NBCSN, which management-wise is both NBC and and the cable. And uh, you know, we we got through a first negotiation period with ABC, which means that we're now free to go to the full market, and we're doing that. So I'm I'm in New York Sunday night and uh, beginning of next week. We're spending a lot of time on that, and uh, there's a lot of interest. And now for the first time, really, it gets more complicated because all the over-the-top avenues that people can uh, uh, can use to follow their favorite sports are available. And there's this tension between traditional, what we call linear broadcasters, and the over-the-top, like uh, Prime Sports, not Prime Sports, um, uh, Amazon Prime, right. starting to get into live sports. And uh, it's, it's complicated. You can't just say, well, this is what we're going to do. Right. Because you've got to get partners who will agree to slice and dice in the rice the way you want. And that's not only for the U.S., which is probably our first focus, but we think there's a big opportunity for us in getting more exposure through all the vehicles uh, available to us internationally. I mean, there's no doubt with the amount of people with cable cutting, you, you've got to be taking that kind of thing into consideration. And then on top of that, I love the fact we're kind of pushing technology a little bit. We've been seeing the helmet cam from Graham yeah. Ray Hall. That's going to be on more drivers starting this weekend. I've actually got one this weekend. There's going to be a, a 3D VR camera strapped to my car for one of the practice sessions. That'd so cool. I love the fact that we're kind of pushing the limits there because there's I think there's so much to do to really bring the fan in. Yeah. So anything you read about any that it, from anybody who knows anything about media is that content is king, and sometimes they mean by that just kind of the brand. But in our case, there is so much content to get your impression, your experience when you're in the car, to get the data coming off the car, to really give fans in the most consumable, convenient form possible whatever it is they want is really exciting for us. And uh, and increasingly it's affordable, right? The the over-the-top broadcasts and internet stuff, uh, unlike TV channels, right. you know, you can really get people what they want. And, you know, it, it may be more of a toe-in-the-water approach 
this time, and if that's true, we will be looking hard at making shorter term agreements than longer. Um, you don't want to tie up your rights uh, for a long period of time if you don't have the flexibility to pursue technological change. So it's a really interesting, exciting time, and I think we're well positioned to do well by it. Very good. Now, uh, IndyCar is kind of only half the job. You've got the, uh, the little property down at 16 in Georgetown you sort of uh, overlook as well. Month of May, I assume, went well this year, so that's that's always that was always a good thing. Um, Red Bull Air Race is, I think, the next big thing at the venue coming up in October. Not quite, actually. Oh, what am I missing? Well, it, maybe most of our race fans won't uh, know, but um, we've got an LPGA Tour tournament, a golf tournament. There you go. Uh, in two weekends, so we're excited about welcoming those great athletes, and uh, the courses never look better. For those of us who play once in a while, it's kind of a fun uh, perk to get out there and <laughs> have the ball roll longer than it might otherwise. So, sorry, so how much of your quote-unquote job requires you to be inspecting <laughs> yeah. things like brickyard well, you know, crossing? I just, I just got in a golf cart and went around the <laughs> oval here at Gateway, and I, you, you'd expect me to have to at least play one round uh, on, the, on the golf course. Has it just been the one? Yeah, recently. Okay. I, I, I certainly am not working on my handicap. Fair there's, enough. There's a lot to do. No, that, there's that in Red Bull, and then we do this community thing we call uh, Lights at the Brickyard, which is really a holiday thing. Yeah. Families love. Well, um, isn't, isn't, isn't there an SCCA yeah, race yeah, happening as well? We yeah, we have the runoffs, runoffs coming up. That's cool. That's I know very this, cool. I've been talking to a lot of amateur racers that are super excited about the opportunity just to get to race at the Speedway. It's really interesting from where I sit because when you, you think about those two activities, everything at IMS and everything at IndyCar, really... There's just no downtime. Um, it used to be getting getting uh, your head around weekends for IndyCar, and then and then it's not like you took Monday and Tuesday off, right? And now it's that. And if we happen to have a break in IndyCar, there's almost certainly going to be something going on at IMS. But it's all good, and um, happily, I, I feel incredibly um, fortunate that we've got great teams of people now. I think the the bench strength is much greater than it was a few years ago. And uh, I think we're set up to be able to to uh, continually improve in whatever we do. And there's still more, lots more opportunity in both enterprises. So is, any any hints of potentially some other kind of cool events we might be seeing hitting the Speedway? More more concerts, more racing, more something else? Well, we, we definitely believe there's a bigger concert opportunity. Uh, we've thought about everything from... Uh, writing a check we probably can't write to have more of an amphitheater, some kind of facility in the infield. So that's not very likely. But we'd like to have more big events. Festivals are something that gets some focus. Increasingly competitive landscape in, in music. Um, but even if it's just opportunistic and we get whatever the occasional Stones concert looks like, uh, we'd be happy to do that. We've got we still got some some holes in the calendar. It's harder than you than I'd thought to find the right band at the right price right. at a time when they haven't been around the Midwest, so mm -hmm. there's a, a good marketing opportunity. But uh, we've got one full-time person who uh, is always thinking about that, and uh, we'll, we'll do better with the music we do in conjunction with our concerts. You saw um, Big Machine label signing on with us for uh, uh, to try to do a better job at the music around the Brickyard 400, and hopefully they'll be able to help us with more as well. Well, speaking of music, it is time for our next break, which means we need another song from you to throw to commercial for the fans here. 
you know, you're the only one in the world that's ever looked to me for music suggestions. <laughs> but um, I lived for most of 15 years in Jacksonville, Florida, which okay. is really like South Georgia. All right. So I, I do listen to a lot of country music. So something by Zach Brown. Nice. I don't even know the titles. I, what's uh, uh, Toe in the Water or yeah. Chicken Fried, whatever that is. Yeah, ch- Chicken Fried. There you go. How about Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band? Back with more from Mark Miles right after this. I'm a chicken fried A cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio Well I was raised up beneath the shade of a Georgia pine And that's home you know Sweet tea, pecan pie, homemade wine, where the peaches grow. In my house, it's not much to talk about, but it's filled with love, just grown in southern ground, and a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio Touch of a precious child and old mother's love. It's funny how it's the little things in life that mean the most. Not where you live, what you drive, or the price tag on your clothes. There's no dollar sign on a peace of mind that I've come to know. So if you agree, have a drink with me, raise your glasses for a toast to a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio world. I like to see the sunrise, see the love in my woman's eyes, feel the touch of a precious child, and know a mother's love. stripes may freedom forever fly let it ring salute the ones who die the ones that give their lives so we don't have to sacrifice all the things we love like our chicken fries and cold beer on a friday night a pair of jeans that fit just right and the radio Touch of a precious child and no mother's love gets a little chicken fried and cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio up a lot to see the sunrise, see the love in my woman's eyes, 
touch of a precious child and no mother's love. That was some Zach Brown band, courtesy of Mr. Mark Miles, here on the Mayor on Air podcast. I am the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, Sirius 214XM209. But if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. Um, we are now into our third and final segment of the show, which is one that I love, and it's something that Buzzkill and I have named Trick or Tweet. <laughs> and the concept behind this is quite simple. The, uh, the guest on the show has the choice to either perform for myself, Buzzkill, and our live studio audience uh, a, an elaborate and prop-filled magic trick. And what's the other option? Uh, answering Twitter questions from fans. Okay, I'm going to go with the other option. Okay. I'd love to talk with the fans. So we're batting a thousand so far on that, Buzzkill. <laughs> not, not anyone who has, as of yet, uh, opted for the... One day someone's going to choose it and really catch us off. The show's going to end really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be flames. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Everything's going to catch on fire. Up or down? Uh, up. Okay, here we go. So... Um, we did, we did take a bunch of you know ideas and feedback from fans in what I was asking the first couple of segments, so I apologize if we come over some, uh, some repeats. We'll try and skip over it. But Neil would like to know, question for Mr. Miles is, what is something positive and negative that has happened so far as your tenure of CEO of IndyCar? Keep up the great work you've done so far. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Well, I think I already uh, referred to something that I, I have to be candid and say in the end was probably more negative than positive, although I think we learned a lot from it, and that was the uh, experimentation with the AeroKit competition over the last couple of years. You know, it did offer some benefits. I think we learned a lot from it, but if I look at all the money that got spent, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure that I would have done, I'm sure I wouldn't do it again. Uh, But the the positive thing I think is that now we've learned from that, and I'm very optimistic about this so-called universal kit, I'd rather call the new car. Right. <laughs> and, and fans seem to be stoked for it as well. So that would be the negative. The positives, um, you know, I love the championship. I love the points race for the year. And I think we've been blessed to have phenomenal stories uh, each year that I've been involved. I don't know, it's not one thing, but it's a feature of IndyCar that's just a great asset. And here we are again, right? Been really interesting all year. and at least five drivers I think that have a shot Um, and uh, we get a lot of grief sometimes for double points at Sonoma but (laughs) I don't mind I want it to come down to the end and even if it's a little bit uh, uh, shaded toward that result um, with the points I I just think that it's a great story and um, it wasn't always true I've been involved in other sports where you kind of knew who number one was going to be pretty early in the year yeah very good okay Cooper who's a regular contributor, uh, has, a, has a pretty boring question by Cooper standards, and I'm going to call him out on that. And it's something we've briefly talked on, but it, let's be more specific. He's asking, what is one circuit you hope to see the series go to in the future? I know we've kind of talked about regions of the country, but if you had to pick a track right now you'd love to see in the car race at, what would it be? So I can't say Surfer's Paradise? You can't 100% yeah. say Surfer's Paradise. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, you would get a 100% buy-in from the field on that You, you said uh, this country, but... Yeah, I, I take yeah, that Yeah, there's some places around the world like Surfer's that I know our, our fan base and our paddock would love to see us at. And I've spent a lot of time in Australia. Uh, it, for me, it was always in January. Early February would be okay, too. Perfect. So we'll, we'll work on that. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. We are going back to Surfer's Paradise. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I read between the lines, that's what I that's, that's a, what I just heard. I don't know if that's fake news or premature news. <laughs> Let's go with premature. I like that better. 
Uh, story of my life. All right, Henry wants to know. <laughs> Dear Hinge, I woke up the studio <laughs> audience. <Yeah. laughs> Buskill's head is in his hands, as if that's the worst thing I've said on the show. All right, Henry would like to know what are the chances for an IndyCar race in Europe? Yeah, so it, uh, I think there's a lot of places that would love to have us. But we feel pretty strongly that the strategy we've articulated is the right one, which is once we start in North America, we stay in North America. So right now, obviously, that means St. Pete through Sonoma. If that's true, then we really have February. And it's tough to find, it's kind of like North America. Too many we don't European have a lot of, venues in a lot of uh, warm places. I've frozen my tush off in <laughs> Rome in May and in Barcelona in April. And so there just really aren't a lot of great choices. Um, because of the climate. So as long as we're focused on this strategy, I, I think the short answer is not very good. Not, not very good in the near future. Fair enough. All right. Eric would like to know, as engine manufacturers seem increasingly to be looking for engineering development opportunities that match what the marketplace is demanding, as evidenced by the number of companies flocking to Formula E, will IndyCar ever consider a hybrid engine formula in the future? Oh, never say never. And, uh, the, you know, the, the next real new car is a few years out, so we're beginning to t kind of assess with ours and other prospective manufacturers what their attitudes are about that question. But um, uh, I, I would say, I don't know, is the short answer. It's, yeah. It's not inconceivable. But at the same time, you see in Formula One, you know, how much money is being spent on that type of technology and, yes, finance development, but. I mean, those budgets are astronomical, and unfortunately, it doesn't make the racing product any better. And we've actually, I think, heard a lot from Formula One almost wanting to move, not away from it, but tone down the amount, I think, that that, that is. So, no, for sure. We, you know, where you land on this sort of innovation versus cost spectrum is a constant uh, question for racing. I love, I think it's interesting, I guess I should say, that we're reading from our friends at Liberty that, or, or Formula One, uh, you know, they, love, they like a lot of what those Americans are doing. They, they won't name <laughs> us, damn it. But, uh, uh, but we know. <laughs> we but know. we know. Uh, I love that when the news release went out that, they, that there was the next big innovation. It was a two-seater ride. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of kind of know how to do that here. But on the, Wherever do they come up with such a crazy <laughs> idea? But, you know, they are the pinnacle of technical development, and I guess that's to their credit. And maybe we there's room for us to move a little bit that direction, but... Um, we, we also need to, to be conscious of costs and um, not put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to keep the great paddock that we've got. Now, this is actually, this is a me question, but it's kind of touching back on something you said earlier. Normally, at some point in the, uh, in the show, we like to discuss the upcoming race and maybe get a top three prediction, but you, you mentioned earlier how fond you are of the championship battle, and we are coming down to the final three races. Why don't you give me your your bet for who will be taking the 2017 Verizon IndyCar Series Championship. Knowing full well you're not endorsing anyone and mm. you're staying about, but based on what you know and what you've seen throughout this season, who do you think is going to be holding the trophy in Sonoma? Well, I presume you know there's not a chance in hell I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! So like I, I said, it's I not an show, endorsement. I'll give you an answer. How about it comes down to Serbia and uh, Montoya? <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Come on. We so like whenever we have a Penske driver on here, right? What we so I say like who do you think's give me your podium for the upcoming race? And I say you can't pick yourself and you can't pick me just to make it easy. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I've and almost every Penske driver ways. says they say the other three Penske drivers, and it's like the biggest cop out answer ever. You can have an opinion without without it being a bias. Yes, and I do, and I'm not going to express. Why aren't you going to express? The people want to know, Mark. Some, the people want to know. Somebody between now and Sonoma will chop somebody, or something will happen on the track. Okay, and it's going to get played back when we do or don't hammer them <laughs> from race control, okay. that I had a favorite. Okay. And as absurd as that is, because right. I don't. Although, you know, I now know pretty much all the drivers pretty well. I do have favorites. But I'm going to have to be retired <laughs> before we're going to have that segment of the show. Okay, how about how about this? How about this? How about once we go off air, you just whisper in my ear who you think. I don't want to know who your favorite is. I want to know who you think is going to win this year. And in our first episode after the Sonoma race, I'll simply say you were right or you were wrong. Is that fair? I'm thinking. Okay, think it, think it so, out. So you're I asking me I'm gonna, to trust gonna, that you will embargo this answer until I, we have We have Buzzfuzz as a witness. <laughs> we have the live studio audience as witnesses. I promise to not say anything for our episodes with, uh, sorry, at Watkins Glen and at Sonoma and our first show after Sonoma. So it'll be sometime okay. after the season. All right. I'll there do you that. go. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you got to tune in to the first episode postseason to know, and I'm not going to say unless unless he wins. I'll just gonna say if he's right or wrong, who Mr. Mark Miles thinks will take this year's championship. Mark, that's our time. Thank you so much for being on Thanks. the show. Appreciate all the insight and all the fans. Love hearing from the man in charge. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Looking forward to a very exciting race here back at Gateway Motorsports Park after too long an absence. Very excited. And we will be back in Watkins Glen with a very, very special Legends edition of the Mayor on Air podcast. Haven't done one, I think, since Brian Herta in Milwaukee 2015, if I'm correct. So, uh, so yeah, very excited for that. Make sure you tune in. Again, Sirius 214, XM 209. Thanks so much.